This is the Sooner Schooner Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. Please do us a favor, rate us five stars and give us a written review. Constructive criticism, always welcome here on the Sooner Schooner Show because we want to know how to improve for you. We hear what you're thinking. We know what kind of content to give you every single week. And coming up on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about DJ Graham and one of the biggest takeaways from the story that Eric Bailey wrote in the Tulsa World. We'll talk about depth at quarterback, which Jackson Arnold is providing, how OU needs to get more heavily involved in the NIL game, and the trouble with recruiting Oklahoma kids and why that has been somewhat of an issue uh, throughout the history of the OU football program. But to start things off, I hope you saw the video. I mean, look, you did see the video, right? Billy Bowman, Drake Stoops getting after it at spring workout on Monday. Come on. Everybody saw it. Everybody loved it. And what we can sort of do backflips over or take some solace in, however you want to put it, is that we're seeing some intensity on defense. Yes, thank God. Because it's been there on offense. Well, okay, maybe not so much intensity, but for the last few years of the OU football program, 10 at least, the offense we knew was going to be good. The defense was where you had to worry. And even if there are going to be a few scrums in spring practice, which is to be expected, you have to think at least somebody on defense wants to play. And if you are a member of that defensive unit, you need to be stepping out on the field every day that you go out, whether it's practice, game, whatever, having, a, having some headhunter in you. You need to be wanting to hit somebody. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and you hurt one of your teammates, but because we have seen such a lack of hitting, a lack of form tackling, a lack of anything that, that resembled good defense over the last 10 years, I'll take, I will take that video. And thank you so much to Brent Venables and the OU staff for finally opening up practice. Even if you're only allowing the media to be out there 40 minutes at a time, and even if you feel like you've got to shut it down because you're worried about cell phones and you're worried about what people will, will find out about what goes on at practice, at least you're being a lot more transparent than other college football programs around the state. I mean, heck, Tulsa. Tulsa, who's had open practices for years, actually shut down practice under Kevin Wilson, shut the media completely out. But, you know, most programs in college football today aren't going to give you very much access to practice. And if you're wondering why that is, okay, you're, you're probably thinking, well, I know why that is. It's because... People have cell phones. People will video things. They will put them up on social media. Some coach will watch it and say, oh, well, you know, they're lining up in this formation. Or when the receiver does this, it tells me they're running this. Or when 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 the guard moves his hips a certain way, what whatever. Okay, and, and I'm just kind of pulling stuff out of, out of my rear here on that one. But what happens is, is that's what you think people are looking for. But a lot of times... Coaches don't want you to coaches don't want you to know how the sausage is made. Okay, they don't want you to see 
the bad things, for lack of a better term, that, that go on at practice. They don't want it to get out when they yell at a kid. And they don't want to have that all over the internet because when a coach from an opposing school is sitting in, in some recruit's living room, he then pulls out his phone and says, hey, have you seen this video? Do you really want to go to OU? Do you really want to be treated like that? Do you want to have Jeff Lebby and Ted Roof or Brent Venables in your face? Nah, you don't want that. Nah, 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 nah. You want to come here to LSU where we take care of our players and we never badmouth them. And, and hey, if you jump on side, off sides five, six, seven times in a row, we're going to hug you. We're going we're gonna to love you up. So, yeah, why would you want to go to OU? That's why they don't normally want you at practice, and normally they don't want you to have cell phones is because of that garbage. Um, There's a real easy solution to this. You allow people to film what they've been filming. You let them go out, watch for 30, 40 minutes. They can film. They can't post anything, all right? They, They can film what they see for 40 minutes. You're still controlling the content. That can get out on the internet. But for the rest of practice, they have to sit up in the stands and and just write things down. I think I've, I've suggested all this before. And then they can at least give to their readers, and if they're guests on radio shows, give to our listeners at least a little bit of insight about what's going on while the team is practicing and improving, because that is stuff that we we definitely want to know, not only as radio hosts, but definitely want to know want to know as fans. This year... One thing that should excite you about this team, I know it's a terrible transition, but this year one thing I know that should excite you about this team is the fact that it starts to feel like OU's got a little depth at quarterback, and by a little, I, I mean too deep. You've got Dylan Gabriel and you've got Jackson Arnold, and, and by all accounts, Jackson Arnold has done a really good job of impressing his teammates with his character, his study habits, being in the quarterback room, Dylan Gabriel's doing a good job of of stepping up and being a leader in the quarterback room. And for Dylan Gabriel, that 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 is really important. Okay, more even more so than the depth. Because last year Dylan Gabriel comes in out of UCF. The only other two guys, well, okay, there's more than than two other guys, but the two main guys that you're in a quarterback battle with, and I'm using that term as loosely as possible. You're, you're all brand new. You're all just trying to figure your way around OU. Even though you know Jeff Lebby's offense, you're still learning your receivers. You're still trying to figure out how good your offensive linemen are, uh, how good the running backs are. You're just trying to get your way around campus, way around town. So it's a little hard to take control. You want to take control. You want to show you're, you're that guy, but it's but it's very hard to do so. So having a year under your belt certainly helps Dylan Gabriel, and having a guy like Jackson Arnold is extremely important because, one, if Arnold's half the guy that we have heard that he is through his time in high school, he's going to push Dylan Gabriel every single day, which theoretically should make Dylan Gabriel better. Plus, if Dylan Gabriel cares at all about the program and wants it to succeed when he's gone, then he is going to take Jackson Arnold under his wing and make sure that in his preparation, whether it's on the field or off, or how he's acting on the field or off, he's able to give him some guidance and and put him in a situation that when he takes over the team, 
Once Dylan Gabriel left, it becomes or leaves, it becomes a seamless transition. So important for OU. The other thing is, is if Jackson Arnold is, is again, going back to being as good at everything as he's supposed to be, then it, God forbid something happened to Dylan Gabriel like it did last year, he can be the guy to step in. Because right now, I don't think any of us want General Booty or or certainly not Davis Bevel to try and carry the load for OU if Dylan Gabriel has to be sidelined for a couple of weeks. And last year was really the first year that OU got bit in the butt by the transfer portal when it came to quarterbacks. Think about it. I mean, I don't remember the last time OU had to worry about having two quarterbacks on campus, even with guys leaving left and right because they weren't getting the opportunity to play. When things went bad for for Spencer Rattler, uh, there there was was a Caleb Williams there to pick him up. If something was going to happen to Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler was there. And then the list kind of goes on and on. You know, from there, from guys backing up Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, and I mean, heck, even Landry Jones taking over for for Heisman winner Sam Bradford. You've always had another guy on campus, or you weren't too far from another guy. Last year, OU was in the absolute wasteland, and you hope that you never have to go through that again. However, in the day and age of the transfer portal in the NIL. Get ready for that to happen again. Get ready for there to be a situation where you have two high-profile quarterbacks in at the same time. One wins. The other one doesn't want to sit for as long as he's going to have to sit. He'll bail, and then he'll bail at at a very inopportune time. You'll be in a Texas situation where you've got two guys maybe fighting it out through August. One wins, and then the other transfers. And in that case, you're going to have a – Brent Venables or a Jeff Levy that has to string that thing out as long as he can and do everything in your power to make sure that that backup stays there because right now kids just want to play. I don't know that kids today care about playing for a particular school as much as they used to. Where no matter what, like if you grew up going, if you grew up wanting to go to OU, I don't know that you still want to just stay at OU and fight it out for that particular honor as much as you want to just as much as you just want to play. So if it means moving down another level or going to another school that recruited you, they're more willing to do that than than they have at ever before, which leads me to this. Prior to recording today, I had an interesting conversation with James Hale. I was on his radio show down in Oklahoma City and he was mentioning about OU basketball how he's not really sure how many guys are, are are coming back, and he assumes it's about four or five, but Porter Moser doesn't know exactly what he's going to do, and essentially you're going to have to fill those slots with guys out of the transfer portal. But it all led to OU needing to get better in the NIL. And James is absolutely right. If you want to win in this day and age, you have got to have a really good NIL. On our last episode, we talked about how in the SEC – OU is going to have to be as good or better than everybody else at NIL to attract players because that's what you're doing. You're playing free agency. You're buying guys. As as distasteful as it sounds, it's just the way that the game is played. And I know what Joe Castiglione's major concern is, is there's only so much money to go around. 
So when you're going to donors who help you build facilities, what do you ask money for? Do you ask for that money to go to help get you linebackers and running backs and and receivers or quarterbacks? Or do you ask for that money to go to facilities? Because if they only can spend so much a year, you know, let, let, and let's just say it's big. Let's say it's $10 million a year. Well, how do you want them investing that $10 million a year? And you're more likely better off investing it in players than you are facilities. And if that's what it's going to take to get athletes in whatever sport, then OU needs to be at the forefront of it because that's how you will end up competing for national championships. Coming up next, um, something stuck out in Eric in Eric Bailey's article about DJ Graham. I'll tell you what that is next. You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show. Thanks for listening to the Sooner Schooner Show here on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. Eric Bailey um, wrote a pretty interesting article about DJ Graham, uh, which I can't remember if that was, it appeared in Monday or Tuesday's Tulsa World. My days are all, all running together now. What really stuck out about the, the article, because it was it was coming, the basis of it was Graham speaking at, at a media scrum and talking about making the, the switch from cornerback to going to play wide receiver, which, it, which he did midway, midway through last year. And what stuck out to me more than anything was his father saying that when he was playing cornerback, he wasn't happy. He had lost his love for football, which is amazing when you consider the fact that during his time at quarterback, he made 58 tackles, started 11 games, and had an absolutely insane interception, a one-handed interception in the Nebraska game a couple of years ago. It it struck me as what could possibly be wrong? Why would he want to switch from quarterback? I mean, when he got on campus and Alex Grinch suggested that he played quarterback, he couldn't blame Alex Grinch because OU's defense needed all the help it can get. Hell, it still needs all the help it can get. But as he's making that, you know, as he made that switch and, you know, he he let OU know at the beginning of last year, this is what I want to do. And as a you know, high school wide receiver, the dude had over 2,000 yards catching whatever. I just kept coming back to wasn't happy wasn't happy playing. And this is something that coaches have got to be cognizant of. And, and I know that my co-hosts won't agree with me, won't won't necessarily believe in this. But if you've got a kid that's unhappy and he can contribute and wants to contribute to your team, but he doesn't necessarily like where he's playing, and he's a great athlete the way DJ Graham is, or at least a really good athlete the way DJ Graham is, listen to what this cat has to say. And, and put him in position to win. That is your job as a coach. Put him in the best position to help your team. And that mental health, we always talk about that mental health being so important. If mentally, if he's just not, it's just not where he wants to be, let him play the other position. Let him play where he wants to play. And if it doesn't work out, that's when you have the talk with him and then you move them to where you think is best. And if you're going to move them someplace else and you start to see signs of happiness eroding or them being unsatisfied, you got to kind of recruit them back to it. It's part of your job now. You got to be a psychologist just as much as you've got to be a coach. And if you don't want to take the time to do that for your kids, you're going to lose them. 
And I'm not saying that you've got to powder everybody's butt or you've got to kiss everyone's rear and and re-recruit them all the time, but they're but you need to be able to read your team. You need to be able to read your kids. And for DJ Graham, I'm happy that it worked out. And, and hopefully he kills it this year playing wide receiver. The guy I'm most interested in this year is Trace Ford. That's the guy that fascinates me the most. One, because he was at Edmond Santa Fe when my son was at Ed- Edmond Santa Fe. I, he's two years older than my son, so I got a chance to see him play high school football and I, you know, I covered Oklahoma State for a while, so I got a chance to, to see him there. And he's been through a couple of injuries, so health, health is a, health is a big thing. But when he is healthy, he's an absolute beast. But there is no way we can sit here and say together that OU did not miss out on him and did not miss out on Colin Oliver, who was also from Edmond Santa Fe, who's tearing it up. By the way, he's moving to linebacker this year. These are two guys that should have been in crimson and cream. OU should have been beating down their door to get them. But one thing that I always have to remind myself when it comes to in-state kids and recruiting them is a lot of times it's a no-win situation. And a lot of times when you bring an in-state kid versus somebody from Texas or Florida, they may be scrutinized more by the staff because the truth of the matter is, in the state of Oklahoma, there aren't volume-wise that many kids who can actually play at the D1 level to the, to the level you want them at when you're at Oklahoma. There, there aren't. Now, I wrote down off the top of my head a long list of guys that fit that bill. And there are four Heisman winners from the state of Oklahoma. Out of the seven, four of them came from this state, including but not limited to Billy Vessels, Steve Owens, and Jason White. Okay, I'll mention the four, Sam Bradford. I mean, but you've had guys like Leroy Selman. You've had guys like Gerald McCoy. Um, you know, Steve Davis was, was, was an Oklahoma kid. Tony Casillas was an Oklahoma kid, All-American. Look, there, there's we could go on forever about how many kids from the state of Oklahoma have been able to contribute to OU at a high level, but there are more kids from Texas who have been able to do that than kids from Oklahoma. And I say all that to say this. I get the scrutiny, and, and, and I get the prejudice by saying, all right, well, Oklahoma's limited in its numbers. And if it's an Oklahoma kid, can he really be as good as this kid from California we want or this kid from Texas or since OU's going national, kid from D.C. or, or, or wherever. But that's when you got to give these kids a second look because if you don't, you miss on a trace forward the first go around. around. And, yeah, you got him now. But wouldn't you have liked to have had him like all three years of his career? Wouldn't you like to have Colin Oliver on this defense now? Wouldn't you have loved to have had Brandon Jacobs, who went to Alabama and right now is franchise tagged by, by the Raiders? What about the kid from Owasso who, who's going to play for Alabama right now? Yeah, you'd love to have all these guys. And somehow Oklahoma missed on them. And I think part of it is just because it's an Oklahoma kid, so if he's an Oklahoma kid, you start to feel like they've got to be a cut above everybody else coming in. Like, you not only got to be at that that level that says you can be an All-American, that level that says you can probably play in the NFL, you got to be something above that. I mean, you really – it feels to me like you've got to be Gerald McCoy. 
And that's not necessarily true. I mean, that, that's not necessarily a true thing. But I think about the kids that OU has recruited from Oklahoma and whether it's, you know, Creed, you know, Creed Humphreys is another one. I almost feel like they're just, there's an extra step to them that isn't there for, uh, you know, just, just any in-state kid. It's a scholarship re- reserved for the few, not necessarily the many. It, it's that simple. But at, at places like Oklahoma, when you do have good high school talent, don't overlook them. I mean, at least do your PR, go out, talk to the kid, make sure you're in good with coaches, because even if it is a guy that you don't necessarily want, if you treat him well and say, hey, you, we just don't think you're you're good enough to play here, but you treat him well and treat them with respect and the coach, the coach with respect, the high school coach with respect, eventually that kid does come around and he got an easier time getting them versus them being shipped off someplace else because they – because high school coaches and everybody else in that town remember, eh, I remember, oh, you didn't treat these guys all that well. That finishes up this week's show. Rate us five stars. Give us a written review. We do like that constructive criticism. We also love those five stars as well. I'm Eric G. Say, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody, as the great Jackie Moon always says. And to paraphrase Don Cornelius, love, peace, and boomer sooner. <laughs>